Americans have become super savers. We're going to talk about why people are carrying so much cash coming up on the show next. From the streets of San Antonio, straight to your wallet, it's Jake's Two Cents on Jake of All Trades. All right, welcome back. My name is Kurt, and I'm not a financial expert. But I'm Jake, and I am the financial expert. And together, Kirk and I talk about financial planning, we talk about the economy, and we review financial articles, all with the express purpose of helping our listeners build wealth, both today and into the future. And today, we're going to be talking about hoarding cash today. Today. (laughs) And maybe because of a fear of the future. Yeah. So people are afraid of what's going to happen, and so they're hoarding cash. And now, this is we've talked about this on a former show a little the bit increase in savings rate the increase yep, in savings rate. about that right yep. like mm-hmm. months and months ago i think yeah like early kind of, earlier in the pandemic yeah like kind of at the af- right after the the third round of stimulus that's right yeah was, people kept was a lot of it spent people they they started to get some data in and they were showing that the data showed that americans were one saving a lot of that and two using it what they weren't saving, they were not spending. They were paying down their credit card debt. So we saw a yeah. dramatic decline in debt outstanding as well, which sort of matched with the times, right? Yeah. There's a lot of uncertainty. One of the things you don't want when there's uncertainty with your income or your savings is having a lot of debt that you have to pay for. So that yes. sort of makes sense logically to eliminate those risks. But now we found this article on the Wall Street Journal. Well, just before well, we move yeah. on that, like – that definitely applied to me. Like I paid off almost all my debt during that That's time. That's right. And it wasn't from the um, stimulus though. It was from another um, phenomenon that you and I had talked about, which is although the economy seemed to have been collapsing in a lot of ways, mm-hmm. um, the stock market had been exploding. And yeah. so some smalls, you know, like I had just a little bit of, investment in stocks from year, like, you know, 10, 15 years ago that I'd put in a teeny bit here and there and it had ballooned. Right. And so I used that to pay off my student loans and a couple other little things. And yeah. so now I have almost no debt and I feel the same way that you're talking about. Like, I think a big part of that was, I was like, I don't want to have this debt if something bad happens. Yeah. You know, I want to get out of it. And now it seems to be a good opportunity to do that. Right. So anyway, yeah. um, that was Which the is a great, Yeah, that's a great, and that's a great thing to do with it too. So I think the overall message with these actions that we're seeing with Americans and how they're using and saving their cash is great. But what this article is pointing out is that we're reaching kind of a tipping point now where, you know, where we've moved, uh, well, the, the pandemic is still happening. I mean, this is going to be a thing. So, but the economy has recovered. Really, like the economy has recovered completely, right? The economy is on good footing, and now we're really kind of actually slowing down a bit because we've already been growing so much. Now, what's happening though is that we have this. We've, uh, I think, there's been a bias that's been created in some people's minds where they're saving cash out of fear, and so what can end up happening is that now you miss opportunities for investing number one. And number two, we've been hearing a lot about inflation lately because there is some hyperinflation in the economy at the moment, selectively in in different goods and services. And what happens is if you just have all your cash sitting in your savings account, 
we all know that you're only earning like, you know, a quarter of a percent on that cash, mm -hmm. but the cost of things has increased four to five percent. So you're losing money. So you're losing yeah. money, even though you think that you're doing the right thing by keeping yourself liquid and keeping yourself with a cash savings. So there becomes a point, a tipping point where it's like, oh, I have too much cash, but I'm worried about what's going to happen because I just saw over the last two years that the economy can completely derail itself at the drop of a hat. And my employment could be subject to elimination overnight. Right. And so I want to yeah. keep all my savings, but in reality, they don't, you don't realize that you're actually doing yourself a disservice. Yeah. And I, I think there's, um, this reminds me again of another show we've done, which is how much cash to have on hand. Yes. Right. So we've done a show on that. So you should think about what that is. God, sorry. Uh, you should think about what that is and then, you know, say, try to invest the rest of it in as much as you can. Um, you know, maximize your 401 or 403 in my case, mm -hmm. uh, whatever it is that you, that you have, but, you know, try, try to invest in that because otherwise you're missing out on opportunities. And it, it is pretty elementary. And I think it should, has been hammered into us or it should be, if it, if you haven't understood this, that even in times when you know, even just in generic, not hyperinflation times, like we're experiencing right now, and who knows what that's going to lead to. There's a lot of, mm -hmm scary predictions that this is the big one. Mm -hmm. um, although people always predict that, but it, I, there are a lot of signs that this is a different in certain ways, uh, but we'll see. Uh, hopefully we can recover, but the inflation point, component is what you were talking about. Yeah. Like that there's oh, going to, okay. I mean, so there's a lot of people, I mean, I think at some point we're going to have to try to invite a Bitcoiner on to explain Bitcoin a little bit, but I don't, yeah. I mean like Bitcoin, um, like I was watching a Peter Thiel talk, the founder of PayPal. And, um, and he was just talking about like, it may not be that this is going to be the new currency or anything, but the amount, the, you know, it's like $70,000 for a Bitcoin or something like that at this point mm -hmm. for one Bitcoin now mm -hmm. or something like that. I don't know. It's crazy, but something like it fluctuates so dramatically, it does, but it's still like, it's been up there for a, a little while now. But what mm -hmm. this is indicating that the surge of it is that there is this desire that's intense and sure. a lot of people are getting their wealth on that, which could be a tipping point in, you know, making some dramatic changes and who knows some negative ones for people. But point is that there's, there's indications of massive change mm -hmm. and we don't know what that will be like, but we do know that, you know, some general principles I think still apply that you want to make sure you're, you know, doing your standard investments that you have, you know, if you, if you feel a little bit nervous, buy a little bit of gold, but not, you know, make that part of your portfolio. Like there's a mm -hmm. lot of different ways to alleviate fear. Fear is something, again, another show we've done on fear and these types of things, like how to manage that, how to deal with it and to, to, you know, not neglect it either. Like, exactly. You know, like you if you feel afraid, participate. yeah, don't yeah. just repress it and pretend right. like it doesn't exist. And, you know, then you're going to get all freaked out if something bad happens and then you're going to overcorrect. Right. Right. The, the real, real thing is if you're afraid, then make smart decisions and inflation is always a problem yep. and it's always, always a present. reason. Yeah. It's always present. And even when it's not hyperinflation, you don't want to keep, you know, mo more money in your bank account than you need to, because it's not going to make up for the rate of inflation. So even in right. normal times, That's you're a losing certainty. Money. If we can know any certainties, it is that. 
it is that, that inflation continues over time periods. Things do get more expensive and you do lose money when you keep your money sitting in cash, period. Yeah. I, by the way, just I, thought, the, I just saw this, uh, I was reading this uh, um, newsletter from the 1970s and it was an academic newsletter and he was talking about, he was going after academics who were making money at taxpayers' expenses and they couldn't even put together normal sentences. Like they're just horrible. And it's like, why are you teaching and in school? And he was saying like, he was actually posting their salary. And so it was like 1976, I think. And he said, you know, Donovan J or William J Donovan or something like that makes $28,742. And I was like, 28,000, that's it. And then I, but I looked it up, you know how much 28,000 was in 1976 in today's dollars? What is, what was it? $133,000. $133,000. Wow. Yeah. I was like, cause it's wow. basically in, 400. In yeah. Is that what you said? Yeah. Wow. I was like, what? That can't, I, I, I mean, years ago. yeah, but it's gone up like four to one almost, especially if wow. you like take, you know, 2021, just yeah. in the last few years, it's gone up even more than normal. Right. I think, yeah. But yeah. It still, has, it has gone up more, yeah. you know, 28,000 to is basically like $130,000. And so think about if you were sitting on your 20 grand in cash in the 1970s, right? Like if it's just cash, then you missed out. And so I think that's also the point of this article is that they have some comments in here from like an advisor that says she's getting calls from clients saying like, I have all this money in savings. I don't know what to do with it. Housing prices are expensive, so I don't really want to invest in housing. And the financial markets are at all time highs. So where am I supposed to go, Right. And I think I get that question too a lot from clients and I always bring them back to what's the objective for what we're trying to accomplish here, right? If we're withholding investing in our retirement account because we're worried about the level of the financial markets today, well, that's sort of irrelevant because my retirement's not for another 30 years. So the reality is that even if it's expensive today in the financial markets, I need to be participating. And so- that can also help with the decision-making and help ease some of that fear and anxiety is when I have earmarked my buckets of resources with the objectives. So like, for example, I know that my cash, like we talked about on the cash episode, serves a specific purpose in my financial plan, which is to satisfy an emergency when it happens. Yeah. Then I have another bucket of money that's for retirement. Well, if, I'm concerned about what the stock market's doing today or tomorrow, but I'm 35. That's irrelevant because that money is used for stuff in 30 or 40 years. So I need to be participating. That shouldn't be in cash, right? Mm. So I think that using objective-based investing is a solution to help you participate and also work through some of the fear and anxiety of what's occurring in the present because that's part of wealth building is – being able to adjust and use your money to be working for you. And if you're only focused on the present and what could happen in the immediate term, that's where you can get into this situation where it's analysis paralysis and I'm just going to sit on all my cash. But we intuitively know that that's, you're losing money that way. Yeah. That's a bad paralysis to have. That's a for sure. very bad paralysis. I mean, that's almost like equivalent to couch potato paralysis yeah. where it's like yeah. you're just getting fatter and worse, unhealthier well, but I mean, in a bad way, like not fat, fatter and like, you're just getting less healthy. You're not active. You need to, um, what is it? You know, move 
you know, you need to move around, whatever. There's, there's a book yeah. I read years ago. I forgot. But anyway, so that, that, about moving and like eating right and things mm-hmm. like that. Um, yeah. Anyway, you know, so sorry, go ahead. I was just going to make one other comment that I think is not mentioned in this article, but I think it could be coming into play as well as it relates to people holding on to cash prior to the pandemic. There was a statistic that was put out that said like 50 or 60 percent of Americans would not be able to uh, pay for an emergency expense that was a thousand dollars or more. Right. At that at that time, maybe 2019, 2018. So a a majority of Americans didn't have enough in their savings account to be able to pay for an emergency expense. Right now, fast forward post pandemic, people have received a lot more money from the government in the form of stimulus. And in a lot of instances, that's helped cushion their savings account, which is great. But it's also, I think, could be attributed to the reason that they're sitting on the savings is that these are probably people that haven't seen this amount of savings in their saving account before, right? Mm. So they don't even know what to do with this. And then they just don't even know how to participate in a financial market that is highly volatile because of what they've seen and they've never participated before. So I think to those people, you really need to understand and look at history. Like that example you just told us about the increase in wages from the seventies to today, that these are things that occur in the economy, which is why people participate in investments. And now that maybe you have the resources to do so, you need to start learning about these things so that you can be participating and you don't do yourself a disservice of losing out just to simply inflation. Yeah. And I wonder if, so yeah, no, that was really interesting. And I wonder if another reason behind the hoarding of cash is the, you know, related to the increase in people looking for jobs, right. Mm -hmm. And, And like staying out of the job market longer So they're going to hoard their cash a little bit more because they don't, they're a little more uncertain about the future. So this doesn't really, this doesn't really mention that too much in this article. Um, But I think that has to be relevant to why more people, you know, maybe they like took a chunk of change out or, you know, maybe Mm -hmm. they inherited something. But the point is that there's a good amount of Americans who, um, you know, maybe had a little bit more because they had stimulus and they got, severance from a job they lost yeah, and maybe something else happened, whatever. And then they said, maybe they took a couple thousand dollars out of their investment. So in other words, maybe there's a, there's some positive things out there that are also attributing to the idea that there's hoarding is that people are, aren't hoarding. They're living off of it. True. Right? You know, for a True. while because they don't have a job. Like there's nothing in here stat wise that's ma- making those connections. Right. Yet. And that is a good point because if you are in that situation, then cash is where your money needs to exactly. be yeah, exactly. because you're living on it. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So you need a bigger pot than you normally would right. to go. Cause you know, so maybe you need like, you know, 20 or double the size that we talked about or how much you should have. Right. You know, because like, your lifestyle. Yeah. Like is, if you need a year, you're going to need a pretty big pot of cash to live yeah. for a year, even if you're somewhat frugal. Mm-hmm. Right. So that's, that's the point. So I think there's probably a, there is a good amount of that. And it may not just be that people are hoarding because they're scared. There's right. there's a lot of reasons, although that's one reason some people are doing it. Sure. Sure. But I would just, um, you know, like I think Julia Carpenter, who wrote this article in the Wall Street Journal that we're referring to, COVID-19 made a 
Americans into super savers. Now they're hoarding cash. You know, I would just, you know, I think that's probably one thing. Mm-hmm. Whether it's even the fundamental, I don't know. She right. doesn't prove that that's a fundamental. She just has, this is her yeah. opinion on what she thinks might be happening. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's probably some people, whether it's the yeah. majority, I don't know. That's yeah. the question. Yeah, that's a good point. You know? But I think the message that comes through, regardless of what the purpose is <clears throat> for the increase in cash, is just that being aware of the role inflation plays in your purchasing power is important so that you know you're if you're holding a lot of cash it's an intentional decision because of x y and z not i'm holding a lot of cash because i'm afraid to do anything because we know that not doing anything without any um intentionality behind why i have the cash doesn't work in your favor yeah and to um um miss carpenter's defense she's also responding to I think people she has in her network, like financial advisors like yourself, who are getting asked on a regular basis. You know, she quotes one of them. Um, I have a, you know, one of the clients of this person is saying, I have a significant amount in my savings, even more than is recommended. What should I do with it? That's what you're talking about. It's like people don't know what to do with that Mm -hmm. money at all because they've Mm -hmm. never seen it like Mm -hmm. that before. Right. And they're like, I don't know what to do with it. And, you know, so. I think the advice in this article is exactly what you've been saying in terms of yeah. how to split it up. Yeah. So. Interesting world we live in. Yeah. I think, so I think there's like, um, <laughs> you know, I, so I've noticed this in doing this show with you is that there are all these articles that posit a view probably a lot quicker than they should but it's just because it's a news article. So it's like, this is my opinion. We have like one or two facts. I have a couple of these, you know, this person that I know in my, my sphere that's saying this. And it seems like there's an indication of that. And then they throw up an article and wall street journal puts it out there because they need content is King and so on and so forth. But you know, you say um, what interesting times we live in, which I think it's, it is. And what that makes me think of is like, Really, what we're gonna we're gonna start finding truths to a lot of this, like what's really happening in like ten or twenty years when we can yeah. get some real distance, mm-hmm. and and hopefully it'll be a lot faster. But it seems like people need distance, you know. Like we need to, in order to understand the '90s, we needed to go through the early 2000s, right? Right. Um, and hopefully, I, I think the evidence is there to do the, but somebody has to do the sifting, and it takes a while. So. You know, in sometime in the future, I think we'll look back and this will be one of the most momentous changes in American and Western culture, I think, in so many ways. Whether it's all for good, I don't know. Um, yeah. Hopefully there's 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 always some good and some bad. The question is, where are the balances going to end? Is it going to be more bad than good or mm-hmm. more good than bad? And I hope mm-hmm. that it's obviously more good than bad. Um, <laughs> and I'm trying to be optimistic. So, yeah. you know. But I do think it's a momentous change more than even 2008, more than even the Silicon Valley, the bubble of 99. Um, I mean, and I'll, like it's probably more like the Spanish flu in World War One in terms of mm-hmm. the effect that it will have. Um, sure, because it's the, global disruption. I mean, it's completely yeah, it's global, global disruption. Um, it's going to put our relations in different lights you know we have mm-hmm. different perspectives on things we've learned a lot about other cultures that we didn't like australia has often been 
this like we're this rational great western culture but the level of lockdowns and how i don't know if you've seen how brutal the police have been with their own people is really making a lot of people i haven't yeah like even people like on the left who normally would bring them up is like wow they're like locking they're like shooting people in the streets right now like australia has always been this like you know paradise people think of it as and it's like this is like revealed certain other issues. My point is like on a disruptive level, mm-hmm. you know, it's, it's going to bring up new problems that haven't been faced in the past, which yeah. may have a paradigm shift in a major way. At least I'm mm-hmm. hoping mm-hmm. Uh, and, and hopefully in a good way is my right. hope. Yeah. Right. So it is a big change and yeah. it's bigger than we think. So. And only time will tell how it impacts everything, but we know yeah. inflation's there. So yeah, inflation is mind yeah. and don't keep too much cash on hand. Invest some of it. <laughs> Maybe buy All some right. Bitcoin. Oh. Uh, uh, that's not a recommendation. Not a recommendation. <laughs> no recommendation. Just think about it. I'm thinking about it for the first time. I mean, you don't have to buy the whole thing, but you know, you could buy like a share or whatever, like small. Um, I don't know. Like if, so just since I said that, you know, you have to talk to your financial advisor about, like what kind of strategy would go into something like that to where you have mm-hmm. like a risky part of your portfolio, um, mm-hmm. but you keep most of your portfolio safe, right? Like that's, mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. So that's, that's fine. The only reason I'm it's saying that's still very just, speculative for sure. Yeah. It's very speculative. Yeah. Um, so anyway. <laughs> okay. All right, guys. Well, that wraps up this episode of Jake of all trades. Be sure to check us out on social media by searching for at Jake's two cents and check out the blog at Jake's two cents.com. Take care. We'll see you next time. Securities and advisory services offered through Commonwealth Financial Network. Member FINRA, SIPC, a registered investment advisor. Fixed insurance products and services offered through CES Insurance Agency. Actual performance and results will vary. These interviews do not constitute a recommendation as to the suitability of any investment for any person or persons having circumstances similar to those portrayed. Consult a financial advisor regarding your specific circumstances.